Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 269, and today we'll be talking about the Summer Camp Island episode, Chocolate Money Badgers. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Before we even get into the episode, coming coming hot right off of our discussion of more HBO Max discussion last week, when I went to go watch Chocolate Money Badgers today, I went to the normal spot that I go to watch it, which is Hulu. And what do you know, Summer Camp Island has been removed from Hulu, because I guess Disney Plus is out now, Hulu is owned by Disney, and even though I saw other Cartoon Network shows still available on Hulu, I think the rollback of shows is happening, even though HBO Max doesn't come out until May, but okay, so that's happening. I'll miss you, Summer Camp Island, and your status as a show that I don't have to pay for episodes individually for, but now I guess I will. HBO Max is causing much pain and chaos in its wake. Luckily, Summer Camp Island is continuing to be an incredibly relaxing show to watch, uh, even in its third episode. Is Susie not just the best? No, Susie is evil, and she continues to be more evil from her appearance last episode. In contrast to the incredibly familiar and comforting twist on the melody of Linus and Lucy that, like, starts off this episode, and then there's, like, a little bit of a Charlie Brown theme in there that really, like, set my, uh, just set my stress levels low. Susie just brought him right back up, and and we saw Oscar get really mad because of it in this episode. They really are, like, contrasting those things. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just... Really, really like Susie. Um, she's she's great as an antagonist in this part of the series, and she is wearing the greatest piece of merchandise that Cartoon Network has <laughs> never made, the Joke About Coffee t-shirt. Yeah, this show needs bigger merch presence, because if you look at like the Steven Universe t-shirts on the Cartoon Network shop, they've made t-shirts of like everything. The Guitar Dad t-shirt is there. Even every color rendition of the Steven Universe star shirt that's been in the shows there, and even some like really custom ones. So surely we could get this one. I mean, it fits her so well, too. It's like, yeah, I want a shirt that's a joke about coffee, but eh, this is good enough. It gets the point across, whatever. <laughs> it also reminded me, her shirt, along with Oscar's hat, gave me some spiritual vibes of Brandon from OKKO and his shirts that sort of describe his mood. More so Oscar's hat, because he has a very serious moment, and his hat says, Yeah, serious business. But it also kind of made me reflect for a second seeing Susie's t-shirt, because it brought me back all the way to, like, iCarly, and that was the first time I had watched a show, which tried to keep making, like, funny, quotable t-shirts in all of their episodes, and I feel like that trend continued in some Cartoon Network shows and is still happening here. I think that's a fun thing for writers to come up with in the writer's room, or I guess just between storyboarders who work on an episode coming up with, like, that's kind of like pressure. Not only do you have to write funny jokes or funny lines, but it's kind of a different realm of comedy to make, yeah. to make t-shirt tags. Gotta make merch. I mean, I would, I would definitely buy a joke about coffee shirt. I'm just saying, guys, make it happen. Yeah, you can even sell it through HBO Max, whatever. <laughs> yeah, make it a subscriber exclusive. Oh, God, no, please. But... Oh man, you, you want to talk about characterizing the counselors they have just for a couple seconds there in the camp guide. It says, you know, did someone hurt your feelings? This will happen a lot. Don't tell the counselors because they don't care. <laughs> it's like built into the island itself that the camp counselors are always going to be jerkish teens. 
Yes, they will always be jerkish teats. I agree with you there. Well, I mean, we saw Betsy. She is the nicest witch, remember. I hate that Susie twice tells Betsy that she hates her sometimes. It's so against how normally kind the characters are to one another. But I guess we have to see examples of unkind people to understand just how kind everyone else is. Yeah, and I mean, they they are really kind. It's like Oscar's really trying to rally us here. Let's rally. He's, he does have the serious business hat. Yeah, once they go to do their like montage of trying to get a bunch of badges and the witches start messing with their plans, turning lakes into jellos, buttering up trees, it <laughs> reminded me of the Steven Universe movie where the like big climax was at complete odds with the true kind of love soundtrack playing. And similarly here, Summer Camp Island just refuses to put any actual anxiety into the music so even though the characters are all experiencing their day being ruined essentially the music is just so chill and upbeat so it totally changes like the context of even how you feel about watching it because you just end up interpreting it as like witch hijinks and you don't feel as bad and also the whole time there's never that much tension about will oscar get what he wants because He just keeps succeeding and the plot is always quickly carried forward and there's not much of a question of like, will he beat Susie? It's just such a nice, comfortable show. Yeah, it's just very interesting how they achieve that between always keeping the music against what maybe they're showing visually and then having the plot always move very quickly, even if it's like a Deus Ex Machina or something. Like, why is there a hundred plus courage badges falling from the sky even though nothing else produce that many badges like because <laughs> the island said so right like but who cares i mean you'll see uh there's a there's another episode much later much later on than this where the witches get their comeuppance not even at the hands of the island itself just even the island denizens have the ability to pull rank on them sometimes it's weird that all three witches do things though because like i don't interpret Like, Charlene Yee's character and Susie are definitely mean, but Betsy, I don't understand why she follows along with their hijinks sometimes. I guess that's just the curse of being a teenager, because every time she actually talks, she's pretty good. So I'm not sure... They're her friends. Yeah, I guess she gets drugged down by her friends. I mean, it's it's that uniquely... well, I guess it's not even uniquely pre-adult, but it's, it's just that thing where you're friends with somebody, even though you're not friends it's complicated i guess <laughs> you you've really captured that is to- yeah that's a very typical adolescent experience life is weird i don't know i feel like adults do that too though <laughs> well uh, does 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 teenageness ever end not from what i've experienced <laughs> i'm kind of convinced that guys just stop growing up in eighth grade and they just get better at faking it ever after that (laughs) yeah another thing i'm enjoying about how these episodes are storyboarded is how many details they cram into things like while those hundreds of bravery badges are falling out of the sky there's some little creature that i can't even remember if it's been named but it's like paddling a boat and you wouldn't even notice it's just kind of toward the bottom of the screen but basically anytime you divert your eyes from what's being like shown in the center of the screen in this show there's like typically something else happening which is sort of kind of a thing that Adventure Time did sometimes, although this is stuff that's in motion instead of just being, you know, static background details, which just makes it feel like 
the animators are having a lot of fun coming up with every excuse they can use to either have the inanimate objects be alive or make small characters like that little creature do fun things. Yeah, having the having the alien just rowing on his little boat there was nice. I, I liked how they they used the alien making music just like in the last episode. Oh yeah. So it's good times. The uh, let's good times see, at how the long camp. Until we have aliens. Oh, four more episodes until we get a focus on the aliens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess we've already focused on the sort of adults of the world. Oh, also, I liked how along with that Charlie Brown reference that was kind of built into the episode a little bit. I liked how one of the Yetis, is that right? Is he a Yeti? I don't yeah. know. One of them had the one of those wah, adult mama mama voices when he said something like the adults in Charlie Brown. We'll get to see the Yetis next episode and that is a property unique to adult Yetis. Oh, so they keep that up. That's a funny funny little reference. You know, hilariously, I'm imagining the like age of children watching the show and they probably still see like the Charlie Brown specials when they come on for Christmas or Thanksgiving. But, you know, that otherwise would actually be a reference that kids would otherwise not get at this point. But uh, those specials permeate American culture a lot still. I remember when we were talking about Infinity Train, we felt the same way with the video cassette, something that is being kept alive in the cartoon medium. Children who have never seen a VHS in their life will know what it is thanks to cartoons. Yeah, I mean, it's like, does every kid even realize that Steven Universe episode with Peridot and uh, the, the, the like kindergarten gem that they're trying to wrangle? Do they really get the <laughs> idea that it's a Looney Tunes-esque episode? It, these little references so. that are built into like older cartoons. It's kind of interesting because now I'm like, oh, gross. I must be old if I'm in the in-group that knows about this. But ah, th- those are both pretty still widely known things. So I don't know. Last time I was asked a, a kid on the street what their, it wasn't on a street, but what their favorite cartoon was that they were watching. I was expecting like a, a normie answer of just like a show that was currently airing on Cartoon Network or something. And they were like, I'm watching Pink Panther back on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I get one upped on like old cartoons by kids because I've never even seen an episode of that. So this kid's dunking on me by, <laughs> by marathoning something I've seen one episode of in my entire life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm basically a boomer at this point, so that's cool. Ah, perfectly timed for the surge of the OK Boomer meme. I mean, it had to be mentioned here. (laughs) Alice, uh, Charlene Yee's character, but Alice doesn't really do much. I was watching her when Oscar came up to them with the three badges and how she looks disgusted at first. I wasn't sure if she was mad at Oscar or Susie, though. Oh, yeah, that's kind of, like, hard to interpret. Yeah. I mean, she she's happy when Betsy's talking, though, so I guess they're buddies. It's only Susie who mistreats her friends. <laughs> and yet they remain her friends, that unique, unique young relationship. Yeah. I mean, Susie has a lot going for her. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll, you'll, get to, you'll get to like her. She starts out off, she starts off as an awesome antagonist, but... They uh, they humanize her a little bit later. Oh, I still love her as a character. She's hilarious. But if I imagined myself being a camper in the show, I would definitely not like oh. her. Oh, so. yeah. Like, she, she would be just the worst to have to deal with. But, like, when you're not the one that she's being mean to, you just want to give her a hug. <laughs> wow, that seems very emotionally manipulative. 
She's like a spinel. As, as long as you're not the one she's being mean to, you're like, oh, come here, you precious little thing. <laughs> right. Until you're like, well, even though until it's you're broken, she's trying to destroy. Un- right. Like there's still all the negative aspects are still are still bad. And some of them are even your purposeful choice. So maybe we should dial back on that. Take it back a notch. I mean, she wasn't trying to kill the camper. She she was she could have stopped those rocks and indeed did stop those rocks at any time. Right, but it's that same, I don't remember, it, there was a similar joke last episode, but when she freezes the rocks, it's only out of boredom, not because, at least, well, she doesn't say that it's because she doesn't want the cameras to die from being crushed by rocks, because actually, she states that she would like to see them <laughs> crushed by rocks. Again, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was doing it to deliberately protect them, like, uh, like with the whole, uh, you knew it was fake? Eh, it was 50-50. Right. She has a reputation to keep up. She's not, you know, Vicky from the Fairly Odd Parents level of evil oh, and actually no. wanting to harm children. Like, I, I don't think, I can't remember any episodes anyway where she revs up a chainsaw on the campus. <laughs> anyway. if, if that happened, like if there was some Summer Camp Island Halloween special, I missed that one. I missed that version of the Halloween episode. <laughs> I, I can't wait until we're far enough in cartoon history where someone is making references to Vicky the babysitter because that is a uh, that that like archetype of a character has not been repeated actually much in cartoon history. The oh. evil babysitter. The witches would definitely be able to fit that role, but I don't know, maybe the fairly odd parents was never that cool. I don't know. Yeah, Vicky had freakish powers. It's like she was a fairy herself or something. I don't know. Well, she gets fairy godparents for an episode because Timmy wishes that she was a kid and then makes her miserable. So that one happens. I know yeah, the deep lore like... of fairly odd parents. Don't worry. <laughs> Ask me about the dog. I know all about the dog. I don't know anything about the dog. I definitely okay, so other than having been a after getaway there was a dog. driver at some point. Does anyone know anything about Sparky? Does anyone care? <laughs> I don't think the writers of the show cared after the episode that Sparky was introduced in. But, you know, that's not even a hot take. That's just what that show became. Just sad. So uh, one another thing that struck me while watching this, though, was the whole, hey, instead of working for a week so we could each get a whole pudding, which is lame, why don't we all just get a seventh of a pudding now? <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, when they're all eating and I'm like, y'all only got one spoonful and probably not even a full spoonful of pudding. But, you know, I'm glad that you guys are such great friends and can split a single pudding cup. I mean, it's no delayed gratification. Kids today, let me tell you. <laughs> they're so, they're so kind. They share so easily. It's communism, I'll tell you. I am, um, I was excited to see... The uh, because I did watch this on YouTube though instead of Hulu, I actually got to see the credits this time, which meant I'm assuming there's been a dancing banana every time. But because I loved the banana so much in episode one, I was really happy to see the banana. I don't know if that visual changes every time. I hope it doesn't, because um, it reminds me a lot of the dancing banana emoji thing that is circulated <laughs> on the internet, but I can't oh. actually remember what it's from. Peanut butter jelly time? Oh, yeah. Probably. It's probably from the peanut butter jelly time video. Ah, there's a song that won't get out of my head for a little while. Thank you. You're all welcome, by <laughs> the way. I'm so sorry. See, I'm still young and hip. I well, Actually, that's not young and hip. That's probably a boomer. Yeah. Only boomers remember peanut butter jelly time. It's an older meme, sir, but it checks out. <laughs> 
But yeah, so the so the kids said I liked the the witches enjoying their scalp massage. Yeah, I like the rewards in general in the book that it just goes scales up from pudding cup to head massage to chocolate coin fountain, which honestly have have you ever eaten like a tasty chocolate coin? Like as a kid, I don't know. I I would have preferred almost any other chocolate candy. I mean, yeah, as a kid, as a kid, it's like the best thing ever. Is it? You gotta. <laughs> I don't think I liked working for my candy. There's like two pieces of foil on it. I'm like, let me rip open any other type of chocolate and eat that. I, maybe I'm a lazy kid as a kid. The fact that it's so hard to open is what makes it so valuable. I mean, it, <laughs> it wouldn't put lame chocolate in there. <laughs> oh, see, I think I got burned. I ate some cheap. I ate some very cheap coin chocolate candy at one point in my life. You ever had that like really cheap? "Quote unquote reindeer chocolate," oh nasty stuff. <laughs> oh, back of the Fairly Odd Parents. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> While that is also a reference to the Fairly Odd Parents, that's also a somehow real type of chocolate that I've heard of before as a child and ate it and thought, well, this is just like probably milk chocolate without real milk or chocolate. In well, it. now we know where the reindeer chocolate joke comes from in <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents, I, don't I, we? I think it's a cross reference. Like reindeer chocolate is a real thing. But also, it's um, <laughs> reindeer poo-poo. <laughs> Funny joke. Thanks, Butch Hartman, for your amazing joke. So, this was a great episode of Summer Camp Island, and it made me think about a yes. hundred other cartoons, too. And it's so visually, I don't want to just say inventive, but it's so visually interesting the whole time. And I love these characters. Yes. Except for Susie. Except I do actually like Susie. She, she's, she's a heel. You love to hate her. Yeah, I guess I do kind of like love hating her. I guess that's kind of the point, which is why they play the like lovely music while they antagonize the campers. Also, you said that the peanut butter jelly song was stuck in your head, but I actually am probably going to go right back after this and go listen to the Linus and Lucy song again because I was getting seriously good winter vibes from hearing it. Well, that's it for us on Chocolate Money Badgers. I don't know when we'll be talking about Summer Camp Island next, but we will be talking about Saxophone Come Home when that happens. So, again, David wants to hear an adult Yeti. He'll get to hear an adult Yeti. Until next week, though, I'm GC13. (laughs) Big Yeti hype. (laughs) And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a like on YouTube or... uh... You know, five star, uh, big, big, big five golden, golden stars. What what were the stars in SpongeBob called? Some kind uh, of stars, the stars he got with Patrick. Oh, good noodle badges? At boating school. Yeah, give us five good noodle stars on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>